all the way from beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, by way of Sacramento, California, this is Kings in the North Podcast. And now, the starting two for your listening pleasure. Standing six feet four inches tall at a Jesuit high school, the half-Greek freak, Nick Economy. And standing six feet tall out of McClatchy High School, Big Baller Ben. Kings of the North Podcast is sponsored by Cash Considerations. For donations, hit up our Patreon. Welcome back to Sack Kings in the North Podcast. If you still have an erection four hours after listening to this week's episode, please consult a doctor. Uh, we got a shorter episode than normal on hand for you this week for two reasons. First and foremost, Score's only played two games since we last met. And the other more important reason... Uh, we're recording the show before the Super Bowl. We, uh, we normally do the Sunday uh, recording session. And uh, we need to tidy up the studio slash living room before the festivities begin. We just wanted to give a quick shout out to all those day one listeners. We're very excited uh, for this week's episode. It's our 20th episode. Um, and somehow we find a way to make it just as monotonous week in and week out. Uh, but today, fasten those seatbelts. Because if this show dips under 50 miles an hour, everyone on board will blow up. Like we said, only two games to uh, recap for you guys this week. Uh, we'll start off with the Atlanta Hawks, a sorry franchise. Yeah, big follow-up to your bet from last week. You do not have to get your tattoo removed. Yeah, we beat the Hawks. It was honestly, it was you know something you love to see, a good old-fashioned beatdown. But the first, the first half was a, a little closer than... Uh, Especially know, the first quarter. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, ultimately, scores pulled away, finished off strong. So, uh, yeah, it was a, just an overall good game, kind of a full team effort, good good looks for both Bagley and a career high for Giles. With 20. Yeah, yep. um, really a great coming out game for both of those guys. Um, but, yeah, what, what else? What do you have? Uh... Yeah, I was going to say, we're always begging the team to play, you know, 40 minutes – 42 minutes of good basketball because mm-hmm. 48 is you know unrealistic you know for especially for this young team and that's basically what we went out there and accomplished the first six minutes were you know a little I'd say like a first round in a title fight you know they were feeling each other out and the Atlanta landed a couple a uh, couple punches early but once the six minute mark hit really spurred on by the bench like you know like we said, Giles and uh, and Bagley were huge in this game. I think you know their combined effort, um, both defensively and you know moving the ball, spacing the floor, was paramount for this kind of um, stretch of 40, 42 minutes of really solid basketball. Mm-hmm. We ended up finishing uh, the first quarter up one. We uh, dropped at least thirty in every quarter, which is pretty huge. Which, yeah, I mean, and you do that in every game, you're going to win most of them. And I, it's the, the Warriors' formula for success. Yeah, it really is. Um, I think the one thing that I, I don't know that uh, I loved about this game, especially, was the third quarter has been n- not our friend. Obviously, yeah. for, the fourth quarter is our quarter, but it, this year the third quarter has kind of been theirs. You know, mm-hmm. whoever they are. Um, Anyone but the kid. Exactly. So yeah, no this um, this this game against Atlanta, we outscored the Hawks thirty seven twenty. No, sorry, thirty eight twenty seven in the third, and basically sealed uh, their fate. Yeah, it was after that. It was twenty point twenty five point game, and it just 
We, we really could have run the bench for all of the fourth. Um, but another thing that you wanted to talk about was I think there was 80 assists. Or not 80, sorry. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, this this was... Um, um, this was the ask and you shall receive type yeah. of game. There was as soon as the bench started playing well. Eighty team points or bench points. Yeah, correct. As soon as the bench started playing well, they kept flashing these numbers on the uh, the uh, C, you know CSN California telecast of how many how many bench points. And I said I want to hit eighty just because I mean that's a huge number yeah, for mean. the bench to put up. And you know you kind of. Uh, add in a little insult to injury. Yeah, exactly. So and yeah, we hit eighty bench points exactly. We'll we'll get into the specifics right now. Um, we had six players in double figures, like we said, a super and uber efficient game for Harry Giles. Oh yeah. Uh, twenty points in twenty one minutes. Had seven boards, only one assist, which is kind of uncharacteristic for him. But his one assist was a very pretty play, a back and forth kind of two man game with Bogey. That um, you know, really got the the blood pumping, mm-hmm. and yeah, an, this is another credit where credit is due. Game for Marvin Bagley, he had a great week. Yeah, only only two games, so you know, great week though. Um, I was super happy with his decision making in this game. That when the ball gets to him and it slows down, that's fine if he makes the correct play. Mm-hmm. If it's the kind of like he's bent over at the waist. And it's the it's not even a rip through move, but that's just how his jump shot looks. And someone's up in his face, or you know, even coming on the double team, because I think team it's like the scouting report kind of knows this this dude is the weak link as far as ball movement. Yeah, and and everybody really knows after summer league, he really struggles with his right. Yeah. So that you can force him to one spot and make him uncomfortable. But he also doesn't know how to get out of that spot and kind of just do the Jackie Moon, pass it out, pass it back in, yeah, and reset right back. Um, so uh, yeah, the, the thing I like to say about Marvin, who like like we said, great week, a wonderful week of development in the rookie season, is he is almost hindered by the amount of things he can do right. Mm-hmm. So he's like super talented at. Most assets. Uh, yeah, I would say at least offensively. Yeah, he's very talented at everything, but he doesn't excel yeah. at anything. So yeah. to reiterate that, he can do almost anything he wants offensively, except go to his right consistently. Yeah. But he's not. He he doesn't excel at any one thing, and I think that's in his head, a little bit. Um, obviously, we've talked about this before with time. The you know this, this game will slow down, decision making will happen, and that's kind of what we saw uh, this week. So it was it was just it was very fun to watch. He was a pivotal piece late in the Sixers game, which we'll get to later. But um, well, just to follow up on that, yeah, Bagley is shooting over fifty percent from the field and over, just a shade under twenty five percent from three on on about one attempt a game. So definitely backs up what you're saying about. Can really do everything well, but it's the the old saying: jack of all trades, but a master of none. So it's huge. Yeah, he's he's a really good player. Really looks good for the future. And I, I here's an interesting little thing that we can talk about later. But how do Giles and Bagley fit next to each other? Yeah, I just like to. That's actually a great little breakdown. I'd like to follow up with a, a nice little breakdown of D Fox. 
Um, he had a spectacular uh, game later in the week. This one, he still found a, a way to be, um, you know, a, a force offensively. He had seven assists, only nine points. Um, again, only played 22 minutes. We, we didn't really need him, you know, pedal to the metal type of, uh, type of game. But I think I was watching it, you know, a good old YouTube video, and it really, you know, kind of summarized De'Aaron's kind of leap this season. And so it was, um, it basically, to, uh, to paraphrase, it basically said, your, your greatest strength is also your greatest weakness. And what that means for De'Aaron is he's so fast, he never had to develop a consistent jump shot mm-hmm. until, until, Kentucky, last, oh, yeah. until Kentucky. Where So we're only like a year and a half out of that, realistically. And so I think the strides he has made this season, especially earlier in the year, the, the, the footwork, the shooting the ball on the way up, a consistent motion, something that Buddy Heald is a master of, as we see night in and night out. So I think, again, with De'Aaron's shooting struggles as of late, I think everything there is correct, correctable. Is that even a word? Yeah, yeah correctable. correctable. All right, we'll take it. So I think the the uh, the one thing to just take from this game is that I think De'Aaron was a little bit frustrated with his own uh, performance, and that is a good segue into the next game because he, he really just hit the paint hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what you're saying about him focusing and really never have focused on that jump shot before coming to Kentucky or even into the league is a really good point. And I know that was a really big point of emphasis for him this summer. He was down in L.A. working on that. And uh, it's, it's really shown to kind of start paying dividends this year. His true shooting is up a couple percent whether that's because he's having more fast break or because of these outside shots, um, it, it, he's just showing improvement all around. Yeah. Um, love D Fox's game. We'll, you know, we'll sing his praises all day long. One last point about this game. We, uh, we got to see four minutes of Vince Carter. So that was fun. And mm-hmm. there was, a nice, well, there, there was a nice exchange between Harry Giles, the student and Vince Carter, the master. Yeah. There's um, one point that Giles was trying to back down, uh, Vince Carter and I thought that was real fun. That yeah, was a so nice thing to see. That was, yeah, that was a good thing for VC. So yeah, on to also Vince Carter's not retiring this year. Come on back, love to have you on the case. Yeah, um, for, for sure. Uh, on to, I would actually say, I'm I'm not. It's, this isn't even a hot take. I think this was the defining moment of the Sacramento Kings season uh, to date. This was a premier Eastern Conference team with three all-star caliber players and obviously a home game. We had won uh, four straight at home. We had a record of 14-10 and 10 coming into this game at home and we extended that win streak at home to five and that home record to 15-10. and 10. This was such a just to put it in layman's terms, just it was just such a fun game for the fans mm-hmm. because it kind of had everything. It had three-point shooting. It had slowly chipping away at a lead. It was close down uh, to the finish. 
There was terrible officiating, so it really had everything that you're looking for. The only thing it didn't have was a nice uh, big-on-big butt slap, mm. just like the game from December of two years ago. Yeah. Um, of course, but, alluding to DeMarcus Cousins and Joel Embiid's um, little, little love, love, love for affair. Each, yeah, a little yeah. love for each other. They, uh, they, if, you, if you watched the, the Warriors-76ers game on Thursday night, you would have seen that clip about 3,000 times. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was... A great game. I mean, the 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 76ers seem to always struggle coming into Golden One Center. Yeah, um, we've won four uh, four straight against the Sixers. Yeah, so really, really an interesting team because they are kind of that marquee young team that built through the draft and has gotten some veteran pieces in free agency and trades to to put themselves in a pretty good position here. Going into the the last stretch of the season and in the playoffs. Yeah, I I like after seeing them last night. It even in the loss, it kind of confirmed my thought that I I think they're a lock for the Eastern Conference Final. Yeah, I I, mean, I really I, do. I think they can outlast anyone in seven. Games. The only team I don't think they can. The two teams I don't think they can outlast the the Bucks. I I I think which is, I mean I think the Bucks are just so good with uh, behind Giannis. Giannis is just so dominant. What about Chris Middleton? Yeah, all star. <laughs> what about all star Chris Middleton? Um, should have yeah. been all star Drew Bledsoe. Give me a break. Or Eric Bledsoe, not Drew, the quarterback. Yeah, but uh, I think the, the Celtics. Fever. Yeah, I think the Celtics also, when it comes to playoffs, their depth is just so much better, even in a seven man lineup, than any other team can. I completely play. agree with you with Boston. I think Philly can outlast um, uh, Milwaukee. Yeah. I, I do. I think in seven games, it's the whole thing. You know, you can beat us. You can beat us three times in seven games, but you won't beat us in four. Yeah. And I think that series would go seven. Yeah, and, it'd definitely be a fun series to watch. Yeah. So look for that. Look for that take. Um, so the Sixers, what did they do? Uh, well, you know, their their big three, they they did a lot. Jimmy Butler late in the game, obviously led their comeback. He had twenty nine points. Um, Joel Embiid. A quiet twenty nine and seventeen. I was, I was talking to some uh, acquaintances um, during the game, basically just saying that bodying up or, or just guarding, you know, straight up uh, Joel Embiid in the modern NBA is mm-hmm. is not it's, impossible. It's and I think it's it's one of those things where you almost just put 30 points on the board to start the game and have them play like down a man the yeah. whole game. Because that's kind of what it's like. Yeah, and obviously I mean, he's forced defensively, but I think offensively, it's it, you can't stop it. The, the only two... You can only hope to contain the it. The only two ways that have been proven to, to stop Joel Embiid is either A, get him in foul trouble early, make him sit on the bench for longer stretches, or, or B, just hope that he plays way too hard in the first half yeah, t- tuckers himself out. That's been the the classic uh, narrative of his career. But his second halves of seasons and fourth quarters of games, he's been a, a, a tad winded. But for a player really entering his third se- third full season, yeah. he's easily one of my favorite non Kings players. No, he's in, it's very fun to watch, and yeah, it's, the personalities like the dude's crazy. Yeah, yeah. he he's uh, he's the owner of free real estate in many many bigs heads. In this league, and it's a uh, definitely a, a, a joy to watch. Another, yeah, it's just a fun team all around. Cause like, I mean, everyone knows the Ben Simmons narrative, where like the dude can't shoot, and yet he's like, literally, he'll give you twenty five every game. Yeah, twenty and at least five or six 
assist. So it it's just such an interesting team. It's like it has <coughs> it has some it has some modern and retro forms of st- of play style, mm-hmm. and that's what at least I, you know what I notice. It has it's, the modern big man. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. And then it has the '80s point guard. Yeah. So it's just a weird. And then you and, know, and Jimmy, on top of and then that, Jimmy buckets. Yeah, Jimmy G buckets. So, G stands for gets. Um, but I mean, and it's got Muscala. Yeah, who didn't show up. But um, can't forget Joe Embiid's Moz too. Yeah, and we forgot about Joel Embiid's dream shake. Talking about that old school big man yeah. too, so he's he's the the best of both worlds, the Hannah Montana of bigs. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, enough about them. Tell me about you. Uh, the Sacramento Kings came out and just got the job done. This was honestly, I think, again, this was, uh, I I would say this was Willie's best performance in a while mm-hmm. because well, he put up nineteen points, had nine boards, so you know the stat line looks good. But I think when he was on Joel, he did his good of a job defending him as anyone I've seen this season and a big shout out to Harry Giles too mm-hmm. who when when uh, when was called upon really played defensively about as good as you can yeah. obviously he had the you reach I teach moment yeah, that was great and you know c- couldn't couldn't get the hoop in the harm but made the two free throws I think this was again this was a huge game for Marvin Bagley down the stretch I think the decision making was so on point there was, I don't think there was, actually he, t- he did take a, a kind of contested three late in the game from the corner where I was just kind of like, that was not anywhere close to the possession we needed. And I think we were we were up one or, or it, it was very close. It was definitely a, you know, uh, a time in the fourth quarter where you, you wanted De'Aaron to uh, kind of facilitate. But again, this was, like we said, this is a great game for D Fox. Mm-hmm. He finally got some and one calls. Like we said, the officiating was like pretty just standard stuff. Inbound violations, backcourt violations. Just I, I was I was sitting here and I'm always screaming at the television, but this was one of the games where I was actually kind of speechless. Because mm-hmm. you can argue balls and strikes all you want, but it's stuff like that where like you just can't get it wrong. Yeah, when there when there's something material like stepping over the line, it's pretty hard to say like, oh, he missed it. Because it's so, something so physical. Um, something I want to go back to though, Willie Cauley Stein, great game. Um, everybody in the Reddit post game thread was saying if he played like that every night, he'd be due for max this off season. Yeah. What are, What were your thoughts on that? Um, I think I would agree with that statement. I but I don't think that the the, the materialization of that statement is yeah. realistic. No, not at all. So I, As somebody who's watched Willie Cauley Stein for a couple years now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but no, like so. we said, the dude he really played out of his mind um, on both you know both ends. I the thing is, even if he doesn't, I think even if he plays that way sixty games a year, yeah. it's still close to a max because yeah, he was just very 15, he was effective. Now. Yeah. He affected shots, and it it was the little things. Like, he ran the court, and he did his job. He Bill belichick it. He mm-hmm. did his job. Mm-hmm. And, okay, so we'll, we'll just get to it because it's fun. Uh, another spectacular performance for Buddy Love. Yeah. 34 points. I thought he was going for 40 because there was a point where he couldn't miss. Again, 50-plus from the uh, behind the three-point line. Um, yeah, he was seven for thirteen. I yeah, think. and he added six boards, which something and three assists, which is something he doesn't you know necessarily do all the time. Um, this was you know another off game for uh, 
the my, my the love of my life, Bogey, uh, at eight points. But he, you know, he comes in and he spaces the floor and he draws a lot of attention and he gives De'Aaron a rest because um, he kind of plays the point when he's when he's out there. So I think and another thing is this is the kind of this is the game that while Shumpert played poorly, Jackson played even worse. Yeah, and it, it kind of shows why it's nice to have that veteran leadership out there. Yeah, the, I think Iman had um, Iman got beat off the dribble a lot, which is something mm. you don't really see. He had one spectacular play, and it was kind of just like the fo- it was fortunate that it actually worked. So he really took advantage of a, uh, of a two for one mm-hmm. um, at the I believe it was it was the end of the half I think or mm. the end of the third. It was definitely you know it was it was later. But took advantage of the two for one, pulled up from three, uh, drained the shot, and then we ended up scoring. Uh, Deer and Fox had, uh, you know, like a little last second type of uh, one point, you know, something one and change left, um, mm-hmm. a uh, a little floater on the end. So we we got the five points with, you know, thirty seconds left, and I think that was that was something I would love to see, you know, out of Shumper is just the m- more awareness of, you know, it's time and score. Like, and for him, it's time and scores because a lot of the time it's, he's kind of just there offensively, unless we're playing Oklahoma city. Yeah. Um, and, Seriously. and like, like you said, in this game, he really didn't do that much defensively to affect the game. But he, and, and, he was in the positive plus minus yeah. where Jackson was, I think leading the team in negative plus. Yeah. Minus. Justin so Jackson did not he, really a tough game for JJ. Yeah, he did. It, this was one of those. You can't, you know. You can't win them all. Exactly. But we but, won. So. But we won. So yeah, let's. Uh, you want to move on? Yeah, this is just this is a a perfect little uh, segue into next week. We are currently twenty seven and twenty five, which means if we lost all remaining thirty games, we would have the same record as last year, which is still baffling to me. For watching the Kings all my life, um, this see, this is just such a pleasant surprise. It's such an incredible year-over-year year change. Yeah. I mean, just the, the amount, literally less than a year, eight months, has has changed this team yeah, and, and culturally every, or even yeah. just talent-wise. And it's pretty crazy. I know. It's, it is baffling. And, you know, a lot of people want to say, oh, we got to give... I don't, you know, most improved team Denver, where it's like that's a very great, that's a jump from you know middle of Pretty the table to, to their great. win in the league. Yeah, if in in uh, except as far for as playoffs, as far as Champions League terms yeah. go, middle of the table to win in the league. Um, they are the Denver Nuggets. They are um, first in the West as of now. Meaning, and will be at the All Star break. Yeah, meaning. Uh, Coach Michael Malone, former Kings uh, skipper, mm-hmm. will be coaching Team LeBron. Mm-hmm. In, Another interesting thing is in that the All Star game. Yeah, he had already coached LeBron when LeBron first came into the league. Yeah, very little interesting little trivia connection there. Um, but yeah, it's good to see a former Kings coach going to greatness. Um, we got four games next week, starting with the San Antonio Spurs tonight. Uh, it is on NBA TV, so if you are in Sacramento, be loud, be proud, get to the game. And if you're at home, subscribe to NBA TV wherever your TV provider is found. 
Um, so yeah, we never we never really show out too much on national TV. You know, oftentimes getting getting embarrassed. So I think an, another marquee win for the Kings would uh, would you know just help the brand. I think that our goal, a realistic goal that isn't uh, that is very very attainable, is build up this uh, mystique around the team so next year we can play on Christmas Day. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that is like a very good goal. I mean, I, I think the Knicks the Knicks were grandfathered in because they started NBA on Christmas yeah. Day. But James Dolan has it in his contract. Yeah, so I think that's why they give him like the nine a.m. slot. Yeah, those um, are on the East Coast, so that's true. But yeah, I think again, just let us play the Knicks on Christmas Day. Yeah, at sure. Garden. I think like like getting back to what 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 I meant by this whole thing was a, a good a good performance on national television against the Spurs will go a long way in, you know, the free agency that isn't going to happen, but we can we can still play on Christmas Day next year. Yeah, a little couple notes about this game. Um DeMar DeRozan has been having an up and down season. He is one of the least efficient players on the court ever. Really <laughs> the the Vance statistics show he has uh never had a season where his team does better with him on the court, whether that's because he is a starter and usually your second unit sometimes could struggle or because he when he gets the ball he is a black hole and never moves it uh who knows but all in all uh should be an interesting game to watch between him and LaMarcus Aldridge don't forget um, about Breton's three-point yeah, assassin yeah and uh kind of they're just point guard by association between Bryn Forbes and uh the Australian guy I can't Fatty Bills yeah Patty Matt, Mills, Patty Mills. <laughs> um so, all in all, kind of an interesting team. Pop will figure something out. Yeah, like we we beat them at home earlier this season. Yeah, definitely so a winnable game. Yeah, let's keep that train rolling. On to the other uh, the other Texas based franchise that doesn't have seven European guys. Yeah, the uh, Houston Rockets. James Harden is still on his uh, you know career record setting thirty point streak. So hopefully he will. You know, still have that intact leading into this game, and then we can snap that like a twig. Um, snap him like a twig. Yeah, I think I think he will go off for thirty, but that's just because he does that to every team. Yeah. So again, if we can limit them to uh, the three point shooting of, you know, a normal a, team. a normal team, we 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 will win this game. That's that's the only way we lose this game is. Um, Unintelligent plays, meaning turnovers, yeah. and bad switching on mm-hmm. the three-point line. Yeah, uh, something to note is Clint Capella is still out. Mm-hmm. So look for our big men to kind of feast on their lack of a big man. Yeah. Um, they have Marquise Chris, Sacramento native, and they have P.J. Tucker, who is like six foot six. Mm-hmm. Those are the two biggest guys. Yeah. He got a super DUI in the state of Arizona, so uh, which yeah. means um, effectively he was going like over a hundred miles an hour with like a blood alcohol level of like point two. So yeah, it can't be the smartest uh, tool shit, sharpest. Yeah, yeah there you I, go. I'm not. I'm not yeah. the sharpest. All right, Shrek. Yeah, um, <laughs> let's uh, let's move on though. We have again... Monday, Wednesday. Now we go on to Friday against uh, the Miami Heat, which I don't think we've lost to recently. Like yeah, there was a streak where we were terrible, especially in uh, Miami. 
Yeah. But as of late, we have been we played the Heat very well. I think going back to De'Aaron's dunk yeah. putback winner, uh, I don't think we've lost to the Heat. Yeah. So we got D Wade's last ride. I, I don't know. I think I think he's gonna cha- uh, switch jerseys with his uh, positional counterpart, Buddy Love. What about Zebo comes out for the jersey that's switch? That's true. We could see Zebo not in a suit. Vladi jersey switch? That's true. After the J-Will jersey switch? That is true. Uh, I'm, I'm going to stick... My prop bet is Buddy Heald. I'd like to see a little Peja jersey switch. That, okay, that's a good one, too. I'll, I'm, I'm in for that. Going back to the, the good old days, battling. Yeah, so, Peja uh, got his rang. So, yeah. That's basically all we got to say about that game. It's like, we should win this game. Yeah, that's... That it's a Friday is, night. That team is really bad. So, it's going to be loud. Yeah. We're going to get that Arco Thunder. And if you're there, grab the, the Bogdan yeah. fans card. Yeah, so like each the Friday night at the Authentic game, fan uh, night. You get the, yeah, of course, the authentic fan night. And you get the uh, little cheer card. And on one side, it's got a little nice little cartoon because we've some for some reason bought into that aesthetic. Yeah. Um, and this, yeah. This week is Bogdan. So pick that one up and think of me when you do it. On to Sunday. Another game where I swear to God, if we don't blow this team out, I'm going to be livid. Especially after the last time we saw this. We're the playing Suns the team. Suns at home. Um, so I'm thinking like, I don't know, the we over-under were, should be about 14 and a half. Yeah, and I mean, the last time we saw them obviously was the, the blown 15. Yeah, that was, that was still tough. Or still, blown 20-point lead. Still very, 23. Still very frustrating. So, um, That's a 3 o'clock start. Um, this is not the NBA Sunday Showcase. Yeah, this, this might be the opposite of that. Yeah. This is the NBA Let's Hide It from Everybody Showcase. Yeah, so this one, um, again, we got the uh, the Bagley. We got the DeAndre Ayton. Hopefully we'll see. Or I don't, I don't, maybe they, not, hopefully. I don't think they've played yet this year. They have not. And the other one that has not played That's what I was gonna in say. a Suns matchup is, is De- Devin Booker. Yeah, Devin Booker. So maybe if you want to win the game convincingly, you know, handily, maybe we hope he doesn't play. But if you're a fan of uh, just a pure... Yeah, I was just say a pure entertainer. That's literally the exact resume you. Mm-hmm. Um, you you're going to hope for uh, wet, like, D-book out there uh, at Golden 1. Yeah, with I a mean, little, little shoot-off. Another interesting thing love. is Booker, while a great scorer, is another one of those guys that kind of kills ball movement and doesn't play much defense. So might be interesting with his uh, – I mean, he signed the extension this earlier this year. But when his free agency does come up, what teams might be willing to give him if he doesn't improve on some of the facilitating and uh, other aspects of the game. Yeah, especially defensively. Yeah. Um, so that brings us to everybody's favorite segment. What city, what song? We name a city and we also name a song. Yeah, very, uh, very easy title to follow. So, San Antonio, take it away. Uh, so, I went first. I uh, ex- expanded San Antonio to the nearby Austin, because Austin is famous for their musical history. Um, and I went with Spoon, You Got Your Cherry Bomb. It's a great song. Heard it last night. It was uh, just a nice little throwback. Yeah, solid one. So, I'm doing a little expansion too, but I'm picking songs that either have the, you know, the uh, the theme, the title, the lyric of the team name. Because I was tired of just picking artists from the city because we've already seen these teams like a thousand times. Yeah, I think we've played all of these teams 
At least once, if not twice this season. Yeah, so San Antonio. I picked Lee Hazelwood's Summer Wine. This is on the 1968 dual album with Nancy Sinatra. And uh, the song is, uh, you know, features the, uh, a, you know, the, the spur is a big part of the song. Um, Give it a listen. You'll yeah, you, you'll figure it out. Quickly it's, figure it's in the first line of the song. So let's, uh, let's drive up, I think, northeast to Houston. I don't know. I'm not really Houston? sure. Yeah. Sort of. Just east. Yeah. Close enough. Well, we'll, well the drive game's to, at home, so yeah. it doesn't matter. But while visiting, check out everybody's favorite, Destiny Child. Which, Good one. Uh, Good one. You know, got to go with the classic Survivor, because mm. nobody expected the Kings to survive the playoff race to this Yeah, no one year. expected them to survive, you know, November, and then December, and then January, and here we are. I'm a survivor. It's Super Bowl Sunday, and we're two games over 500. And, Keep on surviving. And Tom Brady's going to win his sixth Super Bowl. Another race. survivor. Yeah. Uh, so, Houston, I'm picking Herbie Hancock Rocket. And it's not spelled the traditional way, you know, the uh, spacecraft. It's more like Rocket. Everyone, you know, everyone knows. This This one always reminds me of the beginning of Tommy Boy, when he's got to, like, take, he's like, you know, and just a shade under a decade, all right. He's, like, in his seventh year of college. I'm almost there. And um, he's taking that history exam, the final exam, and the, it's like classic fill-in-the-blank, like third-grade third question. And so it's like, you know, signer of the Declaration of Independence, blank Hancock, and he writes Herbie, mm-hmm. and it just gets me every time. So that's what I picked for Houston. Um, so let's move on to Miami. You know, Miami is a gifted the world with great artists such as Pitbull. But oh, I went with another, Worldwide. with another great artist from Miami, Jason Derulo. That's a good one. And I think I went with his real breakout single, What You Say. Good one. Uh, in about 2010, in 2009, it was on every radio station. Shout out 107.9 The End. Uh, now 106.5 The End. Yeah, which it's not The End. Yeah, anymore. not The End anymore, but still use the tag. Great song. Yeah, this is a, a great sample. release. This so you're pretty pretty spot on. Yeah, it's grade eight for me. So mm, of course. So that's a, that's a solid one. Again, this one I took you know some liberties with it for Miami. You know, heat. It's close enough to hot. So I picked Donna Summer Hot Stuff because yeah. it's the song's like twelve minutes in full and every second of it is gold. Plus, if you've ever been to Miami, you'll be hot stuff. Yeah. Sweaty's sweaty, real real sweaty there. All right, and last but not least, Phoenix, take it away. Um, you know this person didn't wasn't born in Phoenix, but made their life in, and established their family in Phoenix. Of course. So I went with we'll allow it. The classic rhinestone cowboy. Oh, of course. By the rhinestone cowboy, Glenn Campbell. That is a really solid one. Um, just an excellent. Also, because I'd kind of want to see Buddy Hield dressed as a rhinestone cowboy. Be pretty fun. Yeah, that's something like Russell Westbrook could definitely pull off because the dude wears everything. Like, like it's yeah, dude's a psycho. Uh, so Phoenix, this one near and dear to my heart. I picked "Soak Up the Sun" by Cheryl Crow um, because this was the the song uh, played by the Arizona State marching band Pride of the Southwest um, at halftime of all the football games. So I don't remember a lot of the second halves, but I remember the halftime shows because. You know, wasn't uh, wasn't too sloshed by then. Mm-hmm. So this, you know, great songs. The soak up the sun, and then there's a little parentheses that the last s is silent. So it's close enough to suns. Um, until next week, when we have a whole new set of cities 
and a whole new set of songs for you. Up next, we have a little bit of league news. Yeah, it's a big week for league news. Huge week. Huge. Let's, huge. let's start with, in the South, uh, Anthony Davis declares that he wants out, gets fined for tampering. Yeah, 50K um, for and show. Possibly more, depending on if they see collusion between Rich Paul and the Lakers. And Russia. And yeah, the, the tampering. Um, that any any thoughts there? Not really much to say. Everything's already been said. Yeah, I mean, and it's one of those things where everything's already been said, like by the players and agents themselves. This yeah. isn't like so speculation. This is like a dude who literally said, "I am not going to re-sign anywhere but L.A." Which, well, I guess that was not directly stated by Anthony Davis. That was but, stated by Rich Paul, which is where the collusion may come in. Yeah. Um, Rich Paul is obviously the agent of one LeBron James. And more importantly, one Kentavious Caldwell Pope. Of course. Famed Laker. So, yeah, I think this is, uh, there's like a couple spots where he could land in the short term. Um, one of them being Canada's very Yeah, I was going to say Toronto. Toronto another one. Um, uh, team I cannot remember for the life Boston. of Boston. No, no. Well, them two. Them two. Uh, Milwaukee. Milwaukee. That was it. I, yeah. that, for some reason, the Bucks are this, uh, skipping... I just My don't, mind I, is eluding me. I don't like that fit in Milwaukee. No, neither do I, um, but that was a name that was thrown out there. Let's get on to the, bi- the bigger piece of trade news from this week. Uh, oh, of course. Young Lativian gangbanger, the <laughs> nickname given to him by Michael Rappaport, uh, Chris Saps Porzingis, is on the move. He is going to join Luca and Dirk, and I, I, at least one more European, I think. Salamajri might be European. Who knows? Yeah. Down in Dallas on the Mavericks. Yeah, they got Team World down there in Dallas. Yeah. And uh, additionally, they've noted that he will sign the qualifying offer this offseason, meaning that he will basically take the equivalent of a rookie contract to prove his worth and then become a free agent in 2020. Um, A really interesting move both on the end of New York and on the end of Dallas. On New York's side, they cleared the caps, the the two contracts, the real big albatrosses, and Tim Hardaway Jr. Great word. and Courtney Lee, um, clearing up about seventy two million in cap space for this summer. Where you have where they the won't sum- land KD or Kyrie. Well, the, it's the it's the summer of the K's. You got Kyrie, KD, Krista or Kristaps is a restricted free agent, but um, Clay Thompson, uh, um, Kawhi couple other big name K players. Chris Middleton. Um, which <laughs> keep, is weird. Keep him coming. He does spell it with a K. No, I know. Very strange. But uh, opening up the door for them to make some big splashes in free agency. And on the other end, the the Mavericks get to see what a Luka Kristaps pick and roll is going to look like. And, I'm really excited. And also by obtaining him through a trade under his rookie contract, they... Now get his bird rights, his max extension rights. Bird law. So if he does play really well next year, um, and and they sign him to a, a three year max, and in that time he makes All NBA twice or once the season before his contract comes up, they're eligible to give him eight percent above or MVP or MVP or DPOY. Um, they're eligible to give him eight percent above the maximum contract without it hitting their cap, um, which is like a tax-free rate. It's a really interesting move in the long run. Um, it's also a huge risk, as they, as noted by Porzingis' camp, that he is taking the qualifying offer and might not even re-sign after next year. Um, but I think they'll 
I mean, Cuban's a smart businessman. He'll uh, definitely be looking to give him the max. He'll shark tank the hell out of this. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna look to uh, really make this a long term play. So I think all in all, a really interesting trade from both sides. Um, and there's still a couple days left before the seventh deadline. I'm here's here's the third big move of yeah. the week. Rodney Hood to the Trailblazers. Oh, of course. For the former king Nick Stauskas, as well as another bench Zosk end Castillo. of bench. <laughs> one of the another end of the bench guy as well as two second round draft picks um frustrating for Kings fans because that was a player that I think we could have gotten for similar haul um and would have fit in really well he with was this part team. of that salary dump yeah I mean I think he would be a good fit on the Kings he is his contract's not terrible anymore after his free agency last year yeah he was one of those people so, that that just kind of uh it went down with the ship, and that yeah. ship being Demarcus Cousins. Yep. So uh, love me some Stauskas. Yeah. It, all in all, a couple of weird moves in uh, in an NBA this week. Um, this still uh, before the trade deadline. A couple players to highlight, as we've been saying, Otto Porter Jr. Look for him to be in the, the rumor mill, as well as maybe Torian Prince and a couple other small. Small forwards that the Kings should look to add. Yep. If we really want to uh, press the issue and, uh, you know, hit that playoff run, win that one, win that game three at home against the Warriors in the mm-hmm. first round, we're going to need to do something at the uh, at the deadline. Yep. So that's it for league news this week. Let's uh, move on to the team news. Really only one pressing thing. Not even, not real much news. Yeah. Um. Actually, two things. One, this week's kind of just the proof is in the pudding about being at home, being able to practice, and being able to sleep in your own bed. I think that was a big part of the two two big wins this week. Um, number two, like we mentioned earlier, uh, Bagley and Giles, how do you think they fit together in the long run? Um, I think they are just, I wouldn't say the perfect puzzle piece, but... So far, it's looked like they can really play together and be effective at what they do best. For Giles, it's kind of getting the ball on the elbow and Mm -hmm. making something happen. And for Bagley, it's kind of just getting a bucket when a bucket is needed. That's what's happened this week. And yeah, I think they're going to be the wet bandits, the sticky bandits, whatever Mm -hmm. you want to call them. Depends on if it's number one or number two. Yeah, Um, that's uh, home alone. Yeah, so not, not bathroom talk. No, not that at all. But here's here's the question: with a lineup of De'Aaron, Bar, uh, Buddy or Bogdan at the two, another one of Jay Jax or Bogdan at the three. Just put Buddy at the two. Who do you want four? Who do you want five? Um, Giles or Bagley, and then who do you want at the the other position? Kind of a long term look at it. Wait. So you're saying so the 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 one through three is just kind of the same. core. It's kind of the same core. Yeah. And then who do I want playing the four? Is and throwing Willie involved or no? I'm saying for the long term after okay. this off season, maybe a couple years down the road when Willie leaves, who do you uh, who do you who would you prefer at each position? Um, I think yeah, I would put Harry mm-hmm. at the four in the C web. 
type of role. I agree. And I would put Marvin at the five. I think the dude is going to get, um, you know, a little beefier. Maybe he'll grow an inch. That's, he's only like 19. Yeah, that's another thing. That's like, you know, LeBron comes in the league, and I mean, this happens to every player. They, yeah. you know, they grow They hit like, the HGH and they grow a couple well, inches. Yeah, maybe that, but, you know. Fine by the league. <laughs> exactly. No, they, they grow, you know, a couple inches, and who knows? In, in a matter of years, Marvin could be a seven-footer. Probably yeah. won't happen. I think what's more likely is that the dude's just about to get, you know, jacked. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, a year on that NBA lifting and conditioning program, I think he'll he'll continue to, to trend in that direction. Um, yeah, that, that's an interesting ahead. one just because Giles is a couple inches taller, but the athleticism that, hair, uh, that Marvin gives you is better suited for the five. Yeah. The and, other thing, the too— passing, Correct. The other thing too is I don't think um, I don't think Harry Giles is going to you know be able to uh, body up the the center mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, I, I don't think he could really anchor defense. It, that's a very a great term, a good way to put it. Um, yeah, if you're done with that question, I just wanted to bring up a little statistic because it's fun. Um, yeah, so Buddy Heald is shooting forty six percent while taking over seven threes a game. Mm-hmm. And in the 78 seasons, well, not 78 seasons of three-point shootings, but, you know, less than that. Um, there, you know, when a player has attempted seven or more shots, no other player uh, has shot above 45%. Buddy is at 46, except one Steph Curry, who's done it three on three occasions. Um, so, yeah, I just don't think we're talking about Buddy Love enough. Uh, arguably, th- he is... Well, he's obviously I'd say the, he's the second best shooter in the league. Yeah, I, agreed. I think he's obviously in the three-point you know shootout, yeah. but I think the the stats are good enough to be an all-star. Oh yeah. In the Definitely. East, dude's an all-star. I mean, you're putting up twenty points and you're shooting basically fifty percent. He's like three. a better Chris Middleton. So yeah. easily an all-star Who's, in the East. Agreed. Probably even better than Bradley Beal, another all-star in the East. Yeah. The East um, is weak. That's why yeah. they switched up. It's not, this isn't even the East is weast, as in SpongeBob. Yeah, games. this isn't even a conspiracy. It's just that's why they did this. Uh, the draft. The draft, because the, the West would come out and blow the East out of the water. It's also kind of fun from a, a fan's perspective, televising the draft. Yeah. Also, on the seventh, the day of the trade deadline, uh, is the draft. The, the player draft. Yeah, the that's true. Here's another so. conspiracy. They're selling both home and away jerseys for... Um, the All Star Game, mm. and that's another reason they did it this way, so they could sell both twice as many twice jerseys. as many jerseys. So there's your King Spiracy Corner, a quick little one. Um, we're you know, like we said, this is going to be a short episode. Turns out it's not. Um, <laughs> I got one more thing to say in team news. This is uh, average speed leaders. Mm. Who knows what that means, really? We've looked this up before. But no, no, I know. I'm just saying, like, and we know what it means, you know, definition. Wise, but as far well, as it's, relating it's, to wins, the way it's calculated is that players are tracked every motion they take, so they can track the number of feet that you run, and uh, they divide it by the number of minutes you play per game. Correct. So all that means is that uh, De'Aaron Fox is third among point guards, and Buddy Heald is third among shooting guards, one position ahead of one Clay Thompson, who is the standard for. Movement among shooting guards. Yeah, and Buddy Hill, as we looked up, is about sixth in the league. So, um, yeah, very impressive. Another thing that hopefully doesn't slow down the, the latter end of the season. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, anything else you, you want to say? Well, I, I got a good joke for you. This is the second I want to yeah. start. All right. You know that the first French fry wasn't cooked in France? Yeah. 
It was, it was like in upstate New York or something. No, it was in Greece. Yeah. But that's, that's a bad one. Alright, well, that was actually... I got a great one for you next week. It's a little X-rated, so we might have to bleep some of it out. It'll all be bleeped out. <laughs> but it's good. It's good. Uh, yeah, so, again, we did. We hit the King Spiracy Corner. We're 27 and 25. Super Bowls today. I'm picking uh, Orange Gatorade to be dumped on the winning coach. That's my little prop bet, so we'll see how uh, that works out. Here's the prop bet that we wanted to follow. There are t- three big ones. Number one, does Sean McVay's age get mentioned by number, by the announcing staff, more than one and a half times. Which is a guaranteed yes. I, I think... Guaranteeing it. I, yeah, I'd say if it doesn't happen twice, I have no clue. Especially if they win. Um, especially she got Romo out there. Number two, do they mention... I think this one is... Do they mention Belichick's age being twice as much as Sean McVay's age? Uh, again, one and a half times. I think yes. This and one's think, closer to even, but I'm going to say yes. Yeah, yes. Um, Another really interesting prop. And finally, uh, our favorite prop going into today was Will James Harden's 30-point game streak end before the Super Bowl ends. And it was very close yeah. on a couple occasions. Two, 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 great, two games where he barely put up 30. Um, but after last night's victory for the, he had 43. For the Rockets, uh, they, he, he officially has extended the streak past the Super Bowl. So congratulations to him. And to anyone who has bet on that. Yeah. So, uh, hope you had fun watching the Super Bowl. Uh, send us emails at kingsinthenorthpod at gmail.com. And we'll see you next week. That's it for this week. Until next time. Thanks for listening and go Kings.